It may be electronic, it may be leather and paper, uh, but would you go ahead and take that in your hands and get it ready? And I'd like you to turn to the book of James, the book of James chapter 3. James chapter 3 is where we are going to be today. And uh, for some weeks, for some weeks, we have seen what God's Word says about our surrendered words, right? We've been looking at the surrendered words that God that God gives us, and that He that that He allows us to 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 our words, our very words. For some weeks, we were looking at our surrendered minds and how this battlefield of the mind, how God uh, we 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 surrender when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ. We gave Him everything, including our minds and our mouths. We gave Him our words. He does a transformational work throughout our system. It's a systemic change that that God. God does in our lives. We've seen in these recent weeks how our words are powerful. Words are powerful. The Bible says, we looked at this last week, that we are forgiven when with words from a sincere heart we confess our sins. It says he's faithful and he's righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You think about that. Now, now it's not our words that forgive us. It's our words that access God's forgiving power that he purchased and paid for on the cross. He forgives us because of what he did, but we access that when with repentant and broken hearts, we come to him and we say, would you, I confess it, it, I call it what it is, it's sin, and would you forgive me? And he does, glory to God. The Bible says that we are saved when we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. It's not my words that save me, but my words are a part of the process that that, that I believe, that I, I, I declare with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I, I, I believe in my heart that God, there's this heart and, and mouth connection. We looked at that at length last week. A couple of weeks ago, we have seen how our words can be like, like destructive stones that, that are thrown and that injure. We saw how, how our words can be like useful stones that that build up and strengthen, make something substantial. We've also seen like how our words can be like precious stones that are given and treasured. There are, there are some of you that words that were spoken to you a long time ago in written form or in spoken form, and you look back to them, you remember them. Sometimes you look at that document and you remember, and it's like it's a precious, precious stone. Words are powerful. Jesus said, we looked at this last week as well, Jesus said that we say what is in our hearts. We declare what is within us. <laughs> Your words reveal, my words reveal so much. What's important to us? Well, just listen to them for a while. What angers them, what disturbs them, what is in them, good or bad, is going to be revealed in our words, words are powerful. I've been praying that the Lord changes our hearts because that's where it begins. But out of that, that he also does a work in, 
the things that we say and to maybe a little bit lesser degree, the things that we write, the words that we use. I've really been praying that God, through this series of messages, will will do something by His Holy Spirit deep within us and that we will start looking maybe a little bit more closely at the words that we say. I also believe that even during these weeks, because it always happens this way, that when we draw attention to what God's Word says about any subject, it's often in the weeks around that that the elements of that truth are exposed in our lives. There, there may have been over these last few weeks, there may have been some of you that all of a sudden you noticed, why did I, why did I say that? What does that reveal about my heart? Maybe there were some things that you said to even those who are closest to you. And you're like, what does that reveal about me? What are my words showing? What have they exposed? And and I'm really believing that God will do a healing and transforming work in people's lives. It's demonstrated by their words. Well, James chapter 3 is, uh, in verses 9 and 10 that we're about to read, were written to Christians. That's a qualifying statement. It was was written to Christians. It was not written to the general population, people outside faith in Christ. And and so it was written to a a gathering of believers, uh, people that had experienced this transformation that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it says in James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says that with our tongues or our words, we can, and this is what it says, we can bless our Lord and Father, and with it we can... We can curse people who are made in the likeness of God. He writes, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, and then he adds this line, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. It's brief. Let me read it again. We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing, My brothers, these things ought not to be so. He's saying we have a problem here. Directed by the Holy Spirit, he says there's there's an issue. We've got this, this dualism going on with what we do with our our mouths. Now I want you to notice a couple of words here. You see the words before you on in your hands and on the screen. I want you to notice the words bless and the word curse. Bless and curse. Bless, just so that we have an understanding of the definition here, bless means to praise, or it means to speak well of someone. When we bless someone, we lift them up, or we speak well of them. We, we did that this morning, just a few moments ago, we were, we were singing these praises to the Lord. A hero of heaven. We, we lifted up Jesus. We spoke well of him when we were singing. We were doing more than singing. We were praising. We, we said hero of heaven. We didn't say villain of heaven. We said you're the hero of heaven. 
There's another line that we sing that God of wonder, there is none like you. Never underestimate the power of praise because when we gather together as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, some of you even engaging with us at home and you're singing there, but when we do that, there is a powerful element that is happening and that is we are lifting up Jesus and we bless God. Did you know that? We bless him when with hearts and our mouths we praise him. It's a powerful time. It's a powerful time, even if it's not your favorite song or maybe not your favorite style. But when we do that with hearts and with mouths, we lift up, we bless the Lord. Bless means to praise or to speak well of someone. The word curse is really its direct opposite. Curse means to speak destruction or evil on someone. It is to wish something really bad or desire something very bad for them. So James here is writing these followers of Jesus, and he's essentially saying, we have a problem. I paraphrase now. He says, we have a problem. You're you're praising God with your mouth, but then you're calling for the destruction of other people. He says, brothers, these things shouldn't be. We have a problem here. With the same mouth, we lift up God and then we curse other people. Now, um, I don't know and I really don't want to know what curses sounded like in the first century, right? I, I, I really can honestly tell you I don't know uh, an Aramaic or a, a Hebrew or a Greek curse word. Don't want to know. If you know one, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't know what, what curses sounded like in the first century, but I know what they sound like in the 21st century. And so do you. <laughs> we know what they sound like. Let me give you some examples. When someone says, I wish you were dead. That's a curse. It's powerful. It's a strong statement. I wish you were dead. When persons say someone else is damned, it's, it's, it's really a, a curse. Damnation speaks of an eternal thing where we are forever paying the penalty for something we did. So when we say that someone is in any way damned, we're actually calling a curse upon them. When someone tells someone else to go to hell, hell's a word that you'll see throughout the Bible, and it's a very real place. But when we say someone, even mindlessly, even without thinking, When we say to someone or about someone that you want them to go to hell, it's a curse. It's calling down. You're you're wanting destruction upon them. When someone says of someone else, I hope they get what is coming to them. Or when someone says, I hope they burn in hell for all of eternity, what you are really saying is, I want destruction to come to them. 
Don't raise your hands, but have you ever said or thought some of those things? I have. I don't know that I've said it to someone, but I've thought it. There have been people that grieved me so bad, or even people that I don't know, but because of a stand that they take or because of a statement they make, there's a part of me that says, boy, they're going to they're gonna pay that for that for eternity, and, I want, and there's something in me that wants that. Let me be very clear on something for those here, those who are joining us in one way or another. Hell is a very real place. God's judgment is a very real thing. There are some places, there are some churches that will say hell is just a, uh, a, a tool that, that people have used to get their way or hell is just a figment of an imagination or hell is, is what we experience here on earth. No, let me tell you, the Bible is very, very clear. Hell is a very real place and it's a, very, a place of intense suffering and it's for eternity and I take no pleasure in it. I heard a long time ago, and I've appropriated this for my own life, and that is, I've often spoken about hell, but I always want to do it with a degree, with a, such a degree of sadness that there's almost tears in my eyes whenever I preach or when I speak to someone about hell. Just recently, a few days ago, I prayed with someone whose life was slipping away. And I prayed with such an urgency because unless they had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I know the reality uh, uh, that, that, that there is a hell to avoid. There is a heaven to gain, and it can only happen through Jesus Christ. But when we speak about somebody possibly going to hell, may we do so with tears in our eyes and with our voices breaking. When we hear of groups of people I know what Jesus said. Jesus said that broad is the path that leads to destruction. Many will find, will take that path. He said narrow is the path that leads to eternal life through me. And he said few will find it. I know that the reality is that there are a lot of people that are, are on their way to hell, but I never want to expedite that process. I never want to wish that on anyone. In fact, I want to give my life in devotion so that fewer and fewer people will go to hell because God is using us to get them to heaven. But when we say something like, I hope they burn in hell, or I, I, I hope they die, or I, I hope that they suffer forever for that, that that's, that's really actually a curse. In fact, cursing someone is pretty common. You start listening for it, you hear it a lot. There's an interesting and often overlooked verse in Psalm 109 that, uh, that talks about persons who were opposing God and cursing God's people. It says in Psalm 109, verse 17, He also loved cursing, so it came to him. And he did not delight in blessing, so it was far from him. I don't know if you've ever noticed that verse before as you've read through the Bible. Do you know what? You understand what this verse is saying. It means that people who curse others, the curse comes to them. And the people who fail to bless others, blessings will be far from them. In fact, in the next verse, it says, those who call curses upon others, it will affect their very bones. 
That's actually a bit of a disturbing verse because it tells us that, that what, when, when we curse someone, then, then, then that curse can come back on us. We do damage to ourselves when we curse someone. We hurt ourselves. It also says that when we fail to bless someone else, then blessing will be far from us. I tell you what, folks, there's power in words. There's power in words. There's, in this verse here, there's a sowing and there's a reaping principle to our words. And I think that sometimes we're just kind of flippant with what we say. We're kind of flippant and we careless with the words that we use. I want you to listen to this. It's from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. This is written to Christians. This is written to believers, right? That's who I'm addressing. People who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Again, many of us did not understand it this morning, but to, earlier today, when a message was given in tongues and then the interpretation of tongues, though it was in a, the interpretation was in a language in which I am not fluent, I believe that the, the, I, I, am, I am assured, I am certain, and I can confirm this later on with some of the Spanish-speaking persons, it was something that built up. It was something that was not calling a curse upon someone. It was something that was edifying and strengthening the believer. Because that's what it is. We need to be so careful with the things that we say, and we can say them so loosely. I need a showing of hands on something here. I don't want to feel like I'm the only one here. Um, did anyone else here, when you were a kid, uh, if you said something bad that a parent or a grandparent ever washed your mouth out with soap, can I have a showing of hands here? Look around. Hold them up. Look around. A lot of you. Um, I, I have a lot of experience with this when I was a boy. In fact, in fact, I have, um, I, 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 I run the spectrum of soaps. Uh, my, I'm not kidding. My favorite was Irish Spring. It has a minty taste to it. Dove is Dove is is oily. It's kind of got a greasy thing. Got moisturizing. You don't want Dove. The worst. I I'm not kidding. I was visiting some family and I said something. My aunt out in Wyoming and they <laughs> they used lava lava soap right <laughs> with the grit in it, the pumice in it. And, and, and boy, I, took a, I had to chew a, a portion of that, and uh, it took care of the plaque, let me tell you. It was, it was bad stuff. So that, that Irish Spring, no, no. Now I'm having a little bit of fun. And I'm, not, I, I, I'm saying that uh, I'm not necessarily putting that down because what it is, it, you're, it's, it's a parent or a grandparent or someone of influence trying to teach their kids that, the, that that's not acceptable, that you can't do that. So I'm not putting that down. What I am saying is that it, it, though it may teach us and train us, it doesn't, it, 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 it's a heart issue, remember? So, so I can put soap in my mouth and I can be retrained to not say certain things and I can be trained to say certain things. That's not bad. 
But when it comes to my heart, there's only one soap that can change me, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I talked about last week that there's this, there's this heart and mouth connection, right? Jesus said it's out of the abundance of the heart. It's what's in your heart that you're going to speak. And, and so there's no kind of soap here in our mouths that is going to affect here in our heart. But if we experience that transformation relationship with Jesus Christ in our lives and in our hearts, then it affects everything else about us. And, and, and we, we need to be serious about this. There are words, and I don't, I don't know your situation. I don't know what's happened in this last week. I don't know things that were said. I really don't. So don't you accuse that other person of saying, oh, man, you told, no, no, I don't know. But I believe that there have been some things that have been said in the, the, the weeks surrounding this, and the Lord has exposed, and you recognize there's some changes that need to happen because my my. My mouth is revealing what, where my heart is, and I need God to touch me. And life boy and dove and, 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 and even lava won't change it, but Jesus can. It's our words. He can change our hearts. I, I mentioned this earlier, forgive me for repeating myself, but if I didn't believe that Jesus can change, and if I didn't believe that the most impossible situation that we can encounter, that God wasn't greater, then I would go out that door and I would never come in. But I go out that door and I come back in because I know that God's power is greater than anything. Amen. That's why we do what we do, all of us I'm talking about. We need to be ready. See, there's more than this life, right? There's a life beyond here. Matthew, this, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said this, everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. That's how, that's why we take this very, that's why we spend some weeks on this. Jesus said, everyone, everyone, will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Oh, when, when, I, when I stand before him, I, 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 I want to know that, listen, it, Jesus, Jesus cleaned my heart. And I stand spotless before him. Words matter. So again, James chapter 3 says that with our, we've been just talking about the cursing end of it, says that with our words we can curse, but he also said, wrote there, that we can bless. It was originally a letter, so he wrote it, but, but he wrote that we can, we can bless. That means that our words can speak well, or build up, or strengthen, or instruct, and encourage. Let me say that again. Blessing means to praise or to lift up or to speak well of. With our words, we can bless. We can speak well of, build up, strengthen, instruct, and encourage. I have a file in my home. It's in a, it's in a, it's in a, a little thing that's fireproof because I don't want to lose it the house were to ever burn. I'm not that much into things, but oh, it would break my heart if I lost these letters. They're letters that 
people wrote me. There's a letter that my father-in-law, who wasn't my father-in-law yet, it was a few months before Joni and I married, but it was a letter that my father-in-law wrote me. I cried reading it, I cry still. Because he was affirming me, he was blessing me. He was asking for God's blessing on our upcoming marriage. I keep it. It's words that built me up and encouraged a, a young single guy about to make the biggest, second biggest decision of his life. I have a letter in there from a former boss of mine, a former boss of mine who, who I was going into a new area of ministry. I was pastoring for the first time, and my former boss, president of one of our colleges, wrote me a letter, and it was so encouraging. It just built me up. I have letters there from relatives who took the time and said, God has a plan for your life. Let me also add this. I've also received, on not too many occasions, but on some, letters from people that were, that were not building up. They were, in fact, rather destructive. I don't, I don't keep those. If they're not signed, I destroy them. If they're signed, I read them. I get with the person, we talk it through, and then I destroy it. But the ones that build up, the ones that bless, boy, those you keep. And you read, and you reread. And when you're going through a really difficult time, you reread them again. Because they're words that build up. A few minutes ago, some of you raised your hands talking about soap. How many here, with a showing of hands, how many here can, in a moment's notice, remember some words that were written or spoken, and you've held on to them because they built you up, because they encouraged you, because they blessed you? Come on, let me see your hands. How many here? Some of you haven't. But God wants to use you to bless others with our words. Listen to this. It's from Numbers, book of the Bible, Old Testament book of the Bible. Numbers chapter 6 records a blessing or the blessing that Jewish priests at the time spoke over their people, the people of Israel. To some of you, this blessing may be very familiar sounding, and it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now, we don't know how often the priests gave this blessing. And please understand this morning, I am not suggesting that we repeat it to the degree that it becomes meaningless because these things can happen. But I believe that as those priests kept saying it and the people kept hearing it, the people, I believe, began believing it. Let me say that again. As somebody kept 
saying the blessing, and other people kept hearing the blessing, they began believing the blessing. They were reminded and they were instructed that God blesses us. Think of this. This is the, the understanding, the Old Testament understanding of God was, was someone who, who was so awesome and who brings great destruction because many of the people that this was going to had, had lived through and had seen some of the destruction that God had allowed to come on their captors and on those who had rebelled. Much of it was how God is someone to be feared, but here it says that they, they heard this, that God blesses us, that God builds us, that he keeps us, that is, he watches over us, he, he provides for us, he keeps us. His face shines on us. They heard this. We serve a God whose face shines on us, that he is gracious to us. Some of you need to hear that today. We serve a God who is gracious to us. He turns his face not away from us, but towards us, and he gives us peace. This blessing was prayed over people. It wasn't just spoken, it was prayed over them. And as someone said it, <coughs> others heard it, they began believing it. This is the God that we serve. He blesses, he keeps, he shines on us, he's gracious to us, he turns his face to us, he gives us peace. So there's a lot of life in those words, right? This is life-giving, this is a blessing, this is a blessing. Let me speak to the husbands and wives here this morning. It doesn't matter if you've been married a few weeks, a few months, or many decades Husbands and wives, I want you to start praying God's blessing on your husband or your wife. I want you to pray your, God's blessing on them. You're going, I've never done that before. Well, there's a lot of things you had to learn in life, so just learn this one. Start praying God's blessing on them. But let me, can I just, I'm going to talk. I hear this, I hear this so often, so I'm just going to address it right now. I didn't plan on it, but I'm going to address it. So many times people say, well, I've never done it that way before. You know that everything you do is learned except, except sucking and evacuating and breathing. By evacuating, I mean you, whatever you goes in goes out. Everything else you've ever done, you had to learn. So don't give me the excuse, well, I've just never done it that way. Listen, yeah, you've had to learn everything, so just learn one more thing. Some of you need to start blessing each other. You know what it's like to curse someone, or you know what it's like to be cursed. I think it's a powerful thing when husbands and wives say, oh, sweetheart, let me pray for you. And you lay hands on them, and you ask God's blessing on them, and you ask God to strengthen them this day, and you ask God to protect them this day, and you ask God to keep them this day, and you ask God to turn his face towards them this day. You start with this blessing. Just pray for them. Parents, let me speak to the parents for a moment. Parents, pray blessings over your kids every day. Pray blessings over your kids every day. They may be little kids. They may be bigger kids. They may be kids who are a long way from home. But pray God's blessing on your kids. Some of you on your grandkids or great-grandkids. Pray God's blessing on them. Pray God's blessing on them. Now, I, I warn you. 
at first, if, if you've never done this, and you've got particularly younger people or even older kids, and you start and say, you know what, hey, before you go back to your home or before you go to school or bef- before you go to that friend's house, I just, want to, I just want to pray for you. And lay hands on them and say, oh, Lord, bless them and keep them and protect them and provide for them. Give them wisdom. Help them make right decisions. First time, if you've never done it, first time you do it, the kids are going to roll their eyes. They're going to go, good grief. Promise you, it'll happen. But if you keep doing it, it'll become one of the most significant things that you ever do for your kids. I know this from experience. I received God's blessing from my parents. We blessed our kids every day. It's worth it. I don't care if they roll their eyes. Parents, do you understand the power of your words? That when you surrendered to Jesus Christ, allow your words to be surrendered to him, and, and you use those, those wonderful words, it doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be a, 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 grand, a, a grand statement, but just out of a sincere heart, oh, God, be with my kids. God, help them. God has a purpose for their life. God, give a purpose to my child's life. Or maybe when they're older, God, there's a reason for this season that they're going through. You pray that blessing for them. And I promise you that they'll value it. And they'll miss it when you're gone. Speak it to them. Speak it to them. Blessing. Do you remember we looked at this before? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. That was our, kind of our overriding theme. The tongue has the power of life and dead, wor- death. Words are powerful. Teach people. Instruct them. Lovingly correct them. Encourage them. Now that's hard to do if you were never encouraged. There are some of you that maybe put your hands up and said, I don't remember one time when somebody built me up with their words. I didn't have someone encourage me. That's all right. Encouragement does not come naturally. It is a learned behavior. So I was never encouraged. Well, you can learn and you can bless someone else. Encouragement is a learned behavior. Blessing is a learned behavior. It's very natural to curse. Some people find it very natural. About every fifth word is some, some kind of, some variation of a curse with some people. But God can use us to bless others. God can use us to bless and not curse. With our words, we can bless, bless others. We can stop cursing others. Thank God. Listen to me now. See, I'm not to the end yet. There's something else we can and we must do. We can proclaim the incomparable message of Jesus Christ. See, this is what the best thing that we can do with our words. It's one of the reasons that God gave you a voice to tell others about him. I never noticed this before. Sometimes I'm going to preach on it. But I, I never noticed this before, but about a week and a half ago in just my Bible reading, my, my devotions, I was reading through and, uh, uh, the gospel, one of the gospels, and it talks about uh, 
a person who was brought before Jesus who was both mute and blind. Never noticed that before. I mean, I, I knew the story, but I never thought about it that a, a pers- the person was mute and blind, it says, because there was a demonic spirit on them. The enemy literally took this person's voice away. That's what mute means. And I think that there are a lot of people that the enemy wants to take your voice away because he doesn't want you telling someone else about the Jesus that has changed your life. But the most powerful thing that we can do with our voices is not even just to bless someone, but it is to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to others. Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sent out his followers, he said, proclaim as you go. As you're going, tell people. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 27, Jesus said, proclaim it on the house, with your voice, proclaim it on the housetops. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, this is a different occasion than the one that I just referenced, but in Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said to a man, the garrison demoniac, a man who had just been set free from multiple demonic spirits, he said, go home to your family and tell them what the Lord has done. Jesus delivered him, and then he said, go tell everyone what, G- what I did to you today. Tell them. It's with our words, with our mouths. Tell them. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before he returned to heaven was to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. We are to go every place and proclaim the gospel. It's not for a select few. It's not for just this person or that person. It's not for someone on a university campus. God calls every one of us. If you have been set free, you are called to take the message out so that others can be set free. God gave you a voice. If you have a voice and you have a life that has been transformed by Jesus, then he he wants to use you to proclaim the message to someone else. See, this is why, this is why James was so concerned. He says, these things, my brothers, these things should not be. Because when we curse others with our mouths, when we disparage, when we tear apart, when we defeat, when we do damage with our mouths, it lessens our ability to tell others about Jesus. It's really hard for someone to receive the message of Jesus from someone who is cursing others. Jesus saved us and he gave us a voice to tell other people about him. Our voice, our words, our words, our words matter. Words are powerful. They're life and death to people. God, God, my heart, my, may my mouth and my heart, more importantly, but as a result of that, my mouth be surrendered to you. My surrendered words. 
I'd like you to bow your heads, please, around this congregation, even if you're joining us electronically. Would you, would you, if at all possible, bow your heads? Lord, I have been praying in these weeks that you would... Um, that you would do a work in our hearts and in our mouths. The words that you have given us, Lord. The words, that, the message that we have. Oh, may we proclaim you. And God, I thank you for these people here. And Lord, I would simply ask this, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice who has not yet received you as their Lord and Savior, that that is where it would begin that they would simply, with their hearts and with their mouths, say, I believe, I believe that Jesus is my Lord, and I believe that you forgive sins. I believe that what you did on that cross and through the empty tomb, I believe that you save. I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive my sins. Become my Lord. I want to follow you the rest of my life. I want my mouth to change, my attitude to change, my mind to change, my heart to change. I pray this in Jesus' name. This morning, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer very much like it, you mean it sincerely, then you've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you made that prayer this morning, you're online, would you send a note there? We want to hear that. If, if you just made that prayer, you'd like to pray with someone, be right over here at the close of the service. But I want to pray for all of you now. Would you stand with me, please, if at all possible? Would you stand with me? Lord Jesus, now I ask your blessing upon these people. I ask, Lord, your favor upon them, that your wisdom would be upon them. I pray this, Lord. I am not a Jewish priest, Lord, but I am a man who's called by you as a shepherd over people. And I pray this blessing. May the Lord bless us and may he keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord turn his face upon us and give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. These altars are open. God bless you.